You're listening to sermons from Redeemer Church in Round Rock, Texas. Redeemer is a gospel-centered, missional family learning and living the way of Jesus in the suburbs of Austin. Well, good morning and welcome. There you go. You did it. You did it again. Good job. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at Redeemer, and I'm so glad to see each and every one of you here. We really believe that when we gather around God's Word, uh, hearing it preached and sung and, and, and taken in sacrament, that, that God nourishes us, that He meets us here, that His presence is with us. So we're so glad that you're here this morning. Uh, this past week, Lauren and I, uh, my wife Lauren and I, got to spend the week in Colorado suffering for the gospel. Um, we went to an Acts 29 pastor's retreat and just had a great time of rest and renewal. Got to be with lots of other pastors, and I'll just say it was a huge blessing. And I'm so uh, thankful to be a part of a church planning network that is theologically rich and grounded and, and just loves Jesus. And so it was a great week for us. Hopefully it was a great week for you. Um, I also wanted to say before we jump in, a couple weeks ago, uh, several of you conspired to bless me and, and Pastor Jordan, and I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm hoping to reach out to each of you individually, but for those of you that wrote us cards and gave us notes and honored us, um, man, that was such a blessing to us. It meant so much. We felt so loved and honored, and, and just thank you for, for that. Um, I see Kelsey. I think, I think you might have been the, the mastermind behind some of this, Kelsey, so, but I want to thank you just as a church body for loving us and pouring into us, and we really want to have a culture here at Redeemer that just honors one another, and we felt extremely honored and blessed as your leaders um, to, to have that, and so thank you for that. Um, well, for the last few months, we've been working through the book of Titus, and this morning we come to the last uh, bit of text in this letter, and Titus has been giving us, uh, really, Paul's instructions to Titus to put the church in Crete in order, and the name of our series has been A Healthy Church in a Hectic World. And one of the big themes that we've considered throughout this letter is the importance of the church living and relating to one another in a way that adorns the gospel of grace. Our behavior matters, and it's motivated by the gospel in a way that puts the gospel of Jesus on display. And we've looked at a wide range of implications for this in the way we relate to one another. We've looked at gospel manhood and womanhood. We've looked at leadership and the way we're to exercise that within the church. Uh, last week, we, we concluded with looking at how we are to relate to those around us in the world that don't share our convictions, that even when others don't share our way of following Jesus or our faith, that we can love them and treat them with courtesy and respect. And this morning... Our text is going to take us a bit behind the scenes of Paul's church planting ministry. This is kind of the, the part of a text when typically you kind of maybe are prone to tune out and you start seeing greetings and names and you're just like, okay, you know, next chapter. But today we're going to, we're going to sit in that text and really go behind the scenes and look at Paul's church planting ministry. Um, I don't know about you, but I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up. Anyone in here a Star Wars fan? Raise your hand. It's a safe place. Okay, I'm with you. Um, Hugh was a huge Star Wars fan and bought the DVDs. And on the DVDs, this was a thing, I think, with other DVDs as well, but you could watch kind of the behind the scenes, the director's cut, the, the making of it, right? Um, and you'd go behind the scenes of this, this movie that was this, you know, it's, especially Star Wars, just this awesome story and saga on the screen, and you get to see 
all that went into what it took to make that movie. You see the directors in, the, in, in Star Wars, they had to make these models and create special effects and sound. You know, so there's a sound team and all these people behind the scenes that you would never really think about if you just watched the movie. And in some ways, our text this morning is going to take us behind the scenes. It's going to kind of be the, the you know, the, 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 uh, the take has ended and now Paul's getting down to business, and you get to see some of the behind-the-scenes operations of how his ministry worked. And here's the main thing I want us to walk away with today from this closing text, is that the church expands and deepens through spirit-led generosity. The church expands and deepens through spirit-led generosity. I think this is the lesson we're going to learn as we kind of go behind the curtain and see what's happening in Paul's ministry. Let's pray, and then we'll look again at our text. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come to you this morning as people who need to commune with you. We need to be remembered. We need to be reminded of who you are. We need to be reminded that you care for us, that you forgive us, that you love us. Lord, this morning, as we, as we kind of peel back the curtain and look at Paul's ministry and look at this idea of generosity, would you cultivate in our hearts a desire to give because we've received so much from you? And Lord, not just our money, but our lives, our very livelihood, for the sake of your church expanding and deepening. Holy Spirit, we know that only you can move us to this place. Only you can lead us to true God-honoring generosity. So help us use this text to stir us up to love and good works. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, let's look back, uh, starting in verse 12, and we'll read through our text again. Paul closes by saying this, when I send Artemis, or Tychicus, to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Do your best to speed Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way. See that they lack nothing. And let our people learn to devote themselves to good works so as to help cases of urgent need and not be unfruitful. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. Now, one of the first things that struck me about this text is that Paul's ministry of planting and establishing churches was a team effort. Right here, just in this small sample of Titus, in this text, we see real names of real people who knew and loved one another and were cooperating together to see the church expand, to see the church grow and go outward. Titus gives us a small window into this. We see, uh, I'll call them from now on, Art and Ty, right? Just if you don't know how to say them, just call them Art and Ty, who were being sent to Paul. Likely, they were being sent to Paul so that, so that they could replace Titus, and so that Titus could go and spend the winter with Paul in Nicopolis. In verse 13, we see Paul asked Titus to send Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and to make sure that they have everything they need. And if we were to zoom out from this text and kind of compile all the other places in the New Testament where we see Paul's team at work and we kind of get this behind-the-scenes look, we would notice that there are over 76 people 
who are working together just in Paul's ministry to plant and strengthen churches. Men like Barnabas, Timothy, Philip, women like Phoebe, Mary, and Lydia. Churches working together to plant churches. Not a one-man show, not just, not just a guy, but teams of people engaging in these rhythms of giving and sending and receiving and going. You see, church family, the ancient church did not see itself as separate, autonomous, independent churches. Unlike our prevailing church culture, they were not looking to build a particular brand. They were not looking to build massive, expansive auditoriums and stockpile people to the rafters. They did not care only about their local church and everyone else was just a side note. On the contrary, they viewed the church as a unified body. Local churches expressing it, yes, but not independent, but interdependent churches. And rather than competing, we see all these people cooperating for the sake of expanding the gospel through the planting of churches. There was not just unity in the local church, like we talked about last week, but there was unity in the churches as they worked together. And here's what I think we would see if we were to sum up our text and then kind of put it in the the larger context of, of what we see in the New Testament about Paul's ministry team, is that the church expanded and deepened through spirit-led generosity. And this means the giving of prayer, the giving of people, and the giving of talents and treasure. There was a relational love and care, not only for one local church, but for all members of the body. There was a shared ownership in this mission of taking the gospel to all nations through planting churches. And we see this uh, in Paul's, in this text, and, and expanded. We see the churches, you know, we see Paul praying for churches and asking churches for prayer for him. We see the giving and receiving of real people who helped in this process of church planning. What we just looked at in our text, you see, just in this small sample, send me, you know, send uh, Art and Ty, and, and, I'm gonna, and you come to me, Titus, and oh, by the way, Zenos and Apollos, let's send them on their way, and church, by the way, let's make sure that all their needs are met. And just in this small window in Titus, we see this rhythm of giving people and sending and going. Um, and finally, we see these people giving their talents and treasure away. I don't know the story behind Zenos the lawyer, but, but it mentions that he was a lawyer for some reason, right? That he was using his vocation and his skills for, for the sake of planting churches. He was going with Apollos. Apollos was going. We know that Apollos was a teacher. We know that Titus was a teacher. Paul would teach and do all sorts of things as he went. You see, healthy churches are generous and multiplying churches. And this happens when the entire body yields to the Holy Spirit and engages in this rhythm of giving and receiving, of going and sending. But before we move too far into this, I want to recognize that much of this kind of generosity, this interdependence of churches cooperating, working together, is not the norm that many of us have grown up in. Um, we often, rather than experiencing church or churches as generous, we find churches to be territorial. 
We find churches to be selfish, to be inwardly focused, to care kind of about our little kingdom, but not to really know anything about what's going on beyond. Just like individuals struggling with being selfish, so can churches, right? We got ours and we got to take care of us. We got our bills to pay. We got our issues to solve. We pray, but we pray maybe only inwardly about us and what's going on with us. We try to keep people happy and hanging around. Like I, I know some churches where when people leave or, you know, the talk of planting churches, they get territorial over people like they own them or something. We're prone to want to accumulate people to grow our names and programs and platforms. We're tempted to spend money, but only on ourselves. I know some churches that have spent more money on lighting and sound systems than they have on church planting in 10 years. Listen, family, greed is a force to be reckoned with in our own hearts and in us as a church family. And by no means is Redeemer immune from this pool. You know, you feel this on a personal level, don't you? You feel this pull of greed. Accumulating stuff for ourselves, uh, possessions, money, bank accounts. It, it helps us to feel secure and comfortable, right? I use my gifts, but it's really only for me and my family. I have community, but it's only my close-knit group of friends. I don't let too many others in. I give a bit, but my first priority is really my own financial security and comfort, and just as this is prevalent in our individual struggles, the church in America is influenced by these same forces. The same pull to seek first our own safety, security, and comfort, and see then what can be added to give. I grew up in a church culture where the only kind of sending or generosity we knew was to mail off a check to a global missions that then was kind of disconnected from our church life, but they would send that money overseas and, and, and maybe it would happen, but really all we did was send money. There was no uh, idea of developing leaders, investing in people to send them out. There was no rhythm of giving and receiving for the sake of other churches expanding. Generosity was almost always uh, focused on us and what, we can, what needs we have internally as a family. And the only kind of multiplication I saw, and perhaps you've seen this as well, was when the church would split, when we became divided. We, that's how we planted churches growing up. And may, maybe you've been there too. Maybe for some of you, this kind of church that we see, this generous, uh, multiplying church that we see in the ancient church in the New Testament, feels like a foreign concept. I know, I know in my own life, I felt this. And I saw this and I noticed this. And, and to be honest, back in the mid-2000s uh, when I was wrestling with my call towards ministry and I looked around at the general culture of churches and just saw this kind of selfish, independent, only focused on us view of the church, it, it kind of turned me off. I almost walked away from the church entirely. But in 2008, our family connected with a church that began to show me a new way what I would think Titus, appropriate to our series, would call a gospel adorning way. We arrived at Redeemer Lubbock just months after it was planted. I was a young 26-year-old man who was exploring a call to ministry and perhaps church planting, but I hadn't seen any models around me of, of something I wanted to reproduce or something that would even know how to reproduce. 
I saw the biblical model and what I read in scriptures and what I attended on Sundays, and there seemed to be a gap. And as we plugged into Redeemer Lubbock, uh, Pastor Dusty Thompson began to take time to invest in me. I shared with Dusty that I I don't know, I might be called to church planting. I I don't know, though. And I really needed an older man who had walked that path to invest in me and to spend time with me. And Dusty began to do this. And as we hung out, Redeemer uh, Lubbock, we began hearing about their heart to plant churches both in the U.S. and beyond to the most unreached people groups around the world. Dusty would often say from the pulpit that we want to send away not our leftovers, but our best, which I don't mean by any means that I'm the best, but because if you make, but you get the point. They weren't just sending their, you know, the scraps, but someone who they had invested in and poured effort and energy into. And I had never encountered a church that was actively wanting to send people away, to send givers and leaders away who they'd poured blood, sweat, and tears to develop. Dusty invested time into my life, not to keep me around, not to build up the brand of Redeemer Lubbock, but knowing that he was going to send me and others away for the sake of the church expanding. See, for our family, Redeemer Lubbock was a breath of fresh air. It wasn't a perfect church by any means, but it was a church that showed us what it meant to be healthy and generous. In fact, you're here this morning because a church in Lubbock, Texas, decided to be generous with people and money and time. They prayed for us for years. They continue to pray for us. They pray for you. They sent people and leaders, right? The year that I was sent out to plant uh, at Redeemer Lubbock, it was a growing church of about 500 people, and there were three elders, Dusty Thompson, me, and a guy named Drew Rimke. And uh, Drew was already about to be sent to go plant overseas in the Middle East. And so a church of 500 people, now down to two elders, right? If there's any ever a time to be selfish and even panicking and look inward, it, it was then. And guess what? I was leaving just three months later. And the next guy that was kind of the, the next leader to step into some of that was a young, uh, just young college graduate, you might know him, named Jordan Elder. And at a time where it would have been very convenient for Dusty and Redeemer Lubbock to hold on to and say, no, we, need, we can't send, guess what? The policy was open-handed sending. And God called Jordan and Sammy to join our effort to plant this church. They didn't just talk this. They didn't just have a, a vision statement of this. They sent real people, real leaders they funded us with over $100,000 for the first three years. I, did, I don't know that number exactly, but I wanted to make sure I was conservative about it so our, our residents get, didn't get too many ideas for that. Um, but it was at least around $100,000 over three years. They gave us money. They were only three years old as a church themselves. And if a need ever came up, we could have asked and they would have met that need as well. And listen, for us, we had we'd built our life in Lubbock. We had many relationships. Um, it would have been tempting for us to just stay with what is comfortable, to stay at Redeemer Lubbock, to say, you know what? Really, we just need to focus here. It was painful. It, it made us leave our comfort zone. Um, and not only did Redeemer Lubbock do this with us, But now, 
Uh, they've, they've done it with over six other churches, and then us working with them in what we call the Redeemer Network have done this 20, 20 times now, over 20 churches that have been planted because churches decide we're not just going to look at ourselves, but we want to be generous. We want to be a church that engages in the rhythm of sending and giving and going and receiving. You see, the church expands through spirit-led generosity. And we took the same DNA from Redeemer Lubbock, and it's our hope to be the same kind of church here. If you're new with us, we want you to know that we long to be a church that is characterized by spirit-led generosity. This is the fruit. All we've been talking about healthy church, this is the fruit. This is what grows out of a healthy church. Spirit-led generosity. And listen, this doesn't come easy. This isn't comfortable. This isn't safe. By nature, we're selfish individually and as a church, right? Selfish people are often people who are empty. They feel themselves empty, and so they need to hoard everything around them to make themselves feel something. Selfish people are scared and fearful of missing out, so rather than having open hands, they clamp down tightly on anything they can possess, and they're threatened people, people who can't give because they're so worried that they don't have or they will lose out. You see, but family, the gospel tells us that God is a giver at his core. In fact, when we were poor, when we were without hope and light, he gave his own son to us out of his sheer grace. He came to unworthy sinners so that we could become sons and daughters of God. So that we who were selfish, gripping tightly, thinking only of ourselves, trying desperately to fill our empty hearts, so that we might be filled with Christ. And that once filled, forgiven, full, we could give out of the abundance and overflow of our hearts. We could join in with God's rhythm of giving and being generous. You see, we can have this conversation about generosity because we have been given all that we need in Christ. We have forgiveness of our sins. We have welcome into God's family. The scriptures tell us that if we put our faith in Jesus, that God calls us son and daughter. We know that when Jesus ascended, he didn't leave us, but he sent the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to fill us. So so now Christ dwells within us and through us. We don't have to grasp tightly to the things of this world or to our comfort or to our control because we have been given everything in Christ. He became poor so that we could be rich in him. And the Spirit is at work in us, declaring this to our hearts, reminding of us of the fullness that we have in Jesus so that we could engage in this rhythm of generosity. And family, after a year of, of hunkering down for much of it, of being, whether for good or bad, forced to focus inwardly, it's time to be reminded by the Spirit that we are not here for us 
that, is, that it is truly better to give than to receive. And I think that the Spirit is already at work in some of you, already bubbling up a joy, a fullness that, that is longing to be given, to be poured out. I know I've been praying for this this week as I prepared. And while there are a variety of ways that this could, could look, and, and even a variety of applications we could look at in this idea of generosity, I want to share a few ways that I see this playing out for us as a church. A few ways that for those of you that are starting to feel the spirit kind of bubbling out, you say, okay, enough me time, enough us time. We want to, we want to do something with all this joy that God has given us. We want to do something with the fullness of what the spirit has put in us. There's a couple of applications that I want to mention. First is, is serving in our city. I think that within our church, there are brewing passions that God has placed on, on some of your hearts, ways that we can step into gaps in our city, in our area, to meet needs, right? And, and, and what, we, what we don't want to do is, I don't want you to look to the church to kind of create those programs. I want us to follow the Spirit and see who is, who's the Spirit churning, <laughs> who's the Spirit working in so that we can even talk about what would it look like for us as a church to engage some of those ways of serving, We've had serving partnerships that have gone on before COVID, and COVID kind of put a pause on all those, and we're in a season where we're reevaluating how do we serve in our city. And I think that some of you might have passions that the Spirit has put on your heart, certain ministries that we need to have a conversation about, that God has even brought you here to this church because He wants to see us serve our city in that way. We want to be a church that is generous with our time, talent, and treasure to meet the needs of others in our city. Second uh, thing I, I want to mention is we, we want to see new, a, a way to apply this is new leaders and core teams to help us multiply gospel communities. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but to multiply and, and step out and create a new gospel community, it takes generosity. It takes one group saying, you know what, even though we've kind of hit that point where it's sweet and we know everyone and it's comfortable and I feel great sharing and this is awesome, um, that's just about the time God's made you healthy and you need to multiply. And some of you uh, need to recognize that, that rather than like huddling up for the next decade with this group, the health and the beauty that God has created, God wants to give to someone else. Over this next 18 months, I'd love to see us multiply four to six new gospel communities, not out of force or pressure, but the Spirit saying, hey, what I've experienced here, this community, this, this blessing, this, this family, I want to go and do that in my neighborhood. I want to go and create that in, in, in some other place for people who don't have that. I want to see our church expand its reach here in our city. And for some of you, I, I'd encourage you to come to me, actually, uh, this is kind of self-serving because I lead our gospel communities, but, but to come to me and talk to me because we do believe this is important. This August, we're going to be doing a gospel community launch training. And those of you that want to lead or launch new groups, I'd love to have conversations. And again, this is going to be uncomfortable. This is going to be not staying safe, but it's generous. You see that rhythm of generosity? What I have received, I want to give I want to create space for others to come into community. 
Third thing I want to mention, and maybe most important and timely, is we want to see more gospel-centered churches planted in this area. And, and amazingly, during this pandemic, um, we, we weren't really recruiting. You know, during COVID, we could just survive. That was the mantra. Like, let's just survive. Let's just have people show up again at some point and still love Jesus. That was the ministry goals. Uh, you know, won't go, we, we'll go into that another time. But through this pandemic, God has brought us three church planners. Three different church planners have, have reached out and connected with us. We didn't really pursue this, but they connected with us to plant churches here in Central Texas. Um, Rick Bowers, is, Rick and Megan have come, and they're finishing up their residency in hopes of planting Redeemer West on the west side of Round Rock. Joe and Audra Gunther have come, and they're in process of, of planting Redeemer Hutto. And we've connected also with, with Robert Livingston and his family and team that are, that are looking to plant in, in Georgetown. Gospel-centered churches, Acts 29 churches. And we didn't plan or recruit these things, but God has brought them here. And after a, a, a tough year of COVID and after having, uh, you know, even just us just regathering at a church, it would be easy for us to just say, okay, good luck, guys. We kind of got to take care of ours. <laughs> we kind of got to get the wheels back on the, on the bus, um, if you will. But I want to challenge us, family. If we want to see gospel-centered churches planted throughout our area and beyond, it happens through spirit-led generosity. I want you to hear it from me and from your other elders that we want not to hold tightly to you, but we want to give you away. We want to send you, if that's what the Spirit is leading you to do. We want to give not what we can afford, but in a way that is sacrificial, and we would celebrate nothing more than to see groups and even groves or, you know, not too big of a number there, but, you know. <laughs> but we, in all seriousness, we would celebrate if God were to put it on some of your hearts to say, you know what, I'm comfortable where I live, but I'm going to move to Georgetown or I'm going to move to Hutto or I'm going to move across to West Round Rock because I want to give and pour out my life for this mission of expanding the church, there is no greater calling than joining with God on his mission of planting churches and seeing the gospel go out through churches planted. So we're praying. We're praying for these church plants. We're, we're sending money. We're setting aside funds to, to give them. We're praying that the Spirit would put it on many of your hearts to go, go with them. Don't you guys love one service too, right? Like the, the more people we send, the longer we can hang out at one service, right? <laughs> A friend of mine uh, this past week shared with me this, that when they went out to plant, his sending pastor was offended first off that they were leaving. And the sending pastor told him, he said, you know what? When we planted, no one gave us money and no one gave us people. So we're going to do the same for you because it's going to grow your faith. <laughs> right? Family, the sad reality is that that's the majority of our church culture right now. But that is not who we are. That is not the Redeemer culture. We want to be a church that when God brings qualified men and, and called men to plant churches, that we open our hands and we say, God, you send, you take, you give whatever you want to give. 
And as one of your pastors, I want to invite every one of our partners to have that posture. To be praying, God, are, are, you, are you calling me to go? Are you calling me not to move off just to chase a promotion, but maybe to move off for the sake of church planting? Are you calling me to not just stay safe in this gospel community, but maybe to, to step out and, and help lead a new one in my neighborhood to see more people come to know God's family and grace? Are you, seeing, are you saying maybe that, that rather than spend the money on the extra part of mortgage or the, the new car, you want me to give that money towards church planting and support one of these church planters? This is who we are. We are a generous people. Why, family? Because God has been so generous to us. And it honors Him. It shows Him off. It glorifies Him when we give radically towards His mission. And so I want to close this today just by praying over us. Again, one of the themes today is that this generosity, it's not pressure. God does not pressure or corner you into being generous. But the Spirit leads you into willingly give. And so I want to spend a little bit of time as we close just praying. First, I want to pray this. I want to pray that the Spirit of God would pour out the love of the Father into your hearts this morning, into my heart. Because before we can give, we have to be filled. We have to experience the fullness of Christ. We have to have our hands taken off the controls, off the comfort. And so I'm going to pray for that. And then I'm going to give you another prompt here in a minute and just have you pray. How, how is God leading you to respond? Once your hands are freed and open to him, how is he leading you to respond? What's the spirit leading you to give, to be generous? Maybe it's one of these ways. Maybe it's a way that even I haven't even mentioned today. But we want to be a people of generosity. This is how both the church expands, and guess what, family? It's how we grow deeper in Christ. When we say yes, when we're obedient, we discover that he's greater than we could ever imagine. So let me pray over you. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, in fact, would you hold your hands out like this? Just hold your hands forward like this. Father, we thank you that in your mercy you sent your Son who lived and walked among us, who died, who was crucified, who resurrected on the third day, who ascended into heaven and who in this very moment is ruling and reigning in all power. And that, God, you also did not leave us, but you sent the promised Holy Spirit to live and fill us. And so this morning, God, I pray that those who are feeling empty, those who are feeling just scattered, those who are feeling like they just have their hands really tightly on life, would you pour out the love of the Father into their hearts? Would you declare to them in their innermost person your love for them in Jesus? your acceptance of them, your forgiveness of them, your welcome of them. Holy Spirit, we invite you to work. We invite you to fill us with the presence of Christ. Thanks for listening. If you are looking for info, find our website at RedeemerRR.org or download the Redeemer Round Rock app from the Android or iOS app store. 